This is the EvoTel podcast. Hi everyone, uh, Bradley here from EvoTel. I'm the general manager. Um, EvoTel is a fiber network operator, or one of the many fiber network operators in South Africa. I'm excited to announce that we're joined by Warren um, from RocketNet as well as Tyron from Vodacom, who will be chatting to us a little bit about um, how the internet service providers operate within the landscape of the fiber industry and how the two relationships um, or the relationship between the fiber network operators and, and the different internet service providers kind of interlink. Um, but yeah, really excited to have the conversation and uh, get to know the, the internet service pro- providers a little bit better and uh, understand your guys' landscape and environment that you guys work in and operate in and how we can better support that as a fiber network operator in South Africa going forward. So, yeah, thank you for joining us, uh, Warren and Tyron. Thank you so much for having us, Bradley. Um, as, as you said, my name's Warren Thomas. I'm the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer at uh, RocketNet, uh, Fiber to the Home and Fiber to the Business um, ISP. I uh, thank you very much for uh, for inviting me. My name is Tyron Smith, Executive uh, Head of Department for Vodacom uh, Fiber to the Home Internet, internet Service Provider. Nice. Um, well, I think as a start, I think it's always good to kind of understand how both you know the fiber network operators and the internet service providers interlink um, within the industry and kind of the roles that we play. Um, you know, over the last few years, we've, as mentioned, we've thought the the industry has matured to a point where customers understand the the differentiation between a fiber network operator and, and an internet service provider. But we found over the last few years that there's still quite a bit of education that's needed to kind of try and explain the difference. And 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 obviously, each each party plays an integral role um, in the customer journey. Um, so, you know, obviously as a fiber network operator, our main responsibility is to be able to enable internet service providers like yourself to be able to provide um, data side services to end users. Um, we deploy the, the fiber network in these suburbs. Um, we maintain the, the network in these suburbs as well as the installations into the homes. And uh, thereafter, you know, the, the customer is looked after by, by amazing ISPs like you guys. Um, and I think the way that we see the fiber network operators kind of fitting into this into the industry is we've always needed to be a support function um, to to the ISPs to enable you guys to be able to deliver a service to end users um, that you know exceeds their expectations and and that starts with us it starts at at a foundation grass level a grassroots level um, and I think us deploying a network that is reliable and sustainable over you know 20 plus years you know has always been our goal um, and yeah I think it's, it's it's very tricky because there's there's times where us as a fiber network operator want to get involved in customer queries and concerns and challenges and stuff like that and we've kind of have to play a, a middleman type of role um, but over the next few years you know we would really like to see us start you know handing over a lot more to you guys as internet service providers and enabling and supporting you guys a lot more than we have in the past um, and yeah just allowing you guys to to really service the the end user to your best capability um, using our expertise and using your guys expertise and I think that's the the most exciting part of this partnership between us as a as an FNO and you guys as an ISP is that there's so many brilliant minds out there and we we can kind of put our minds together and and create this this environment where you know the end user ultimately wins and and I think that's always been the goal um, as a fiber network operator is to ensure that we can deliver a reliable, cheap, 
uh, fiber service and, and continue to support that growth um, going forward. Um, so yeah, I'd like to, to maybe open the floor to you guys a little bit and, and get an understanding of where you guys see yourselves you know, in the fiber industry and how you feel you guys fit in and where you potentially see opportunities going forward. Um, Warren, maybe over to you as a start. No, thank you so much. I think, um, you know, you, you've already um, touched on it, Bradley, and that the, the FNO is the base foundation of this whole um, sort of ecosystem. So without you, there'd be, be no us. So, you know, um, where we obviously need to kind of tie the balance or, or kind of illustrate where the roles lie, it almost comes down to the physical. So obviously the FNO um, portion is the physical fiber line into your home um, that would connect into the, the ONT box into the, your wall inside your home. And then from there, in that area, that's where the um, ISP, such as ourselves, would come into play, uh, where we almost manage the service from the, the router perspective, um, running all across that physical infrastructure, providing the, the internet services um, to the customer and the international breakout and services on top of that. So um, without uh, the two of us sort of working hand in hand, there would be no internet or internet services to the home um, across a fiber network. Um, where we, we, we see this working in, in, on a day-to-day basis is, you know, we, we kind of like to think we do the, the sexy stuff, but it's not really like we, 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 it's all, you know, hand in hand and partnership quite, quite sexy to, to be able to bring so much um, joy and access to, to home across the country. And I think that's what we're most excited about and, in the, and passionate about in this sort of fiber to the home industry is the opportunity that the internet and those services can actually bring to homes, children's, families um, on a day-to-day basis across the country. Yeah, I mean, who would have known deploying a fiber network could actually change people's lives to the extent um, that it has? And, you know, I've, I've been in the industry for just over eight years, which ha- isn't really that long. But, you know, the amount of, of joy that I have seen and, and the digital divide that we've started bridging um, has kept us going as a, as a fiber network operator. So... Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that we kind of share the same sentiments. And, and the end goal is to make sure that this is accessible to as many end users and homes as possible because the future is is everything online. Um, but yeah, really, really good to hear that. Um, Warren, Tyron, from your side? Yeah, I think from my side, so you've got eight years experience. I've got 39 years in, nice. uh, in telecoms experience. Uh, really come from the little basic, basic stuff to, to fiber now. And it's, it's quite amazing to see how we've evolved over the past 39 years from telecom and then into uh, now into the Vodacom fiber space. Uh, I think you know, our primary role is obviously to make sure we, we get customers connected. Uh, um, you know, we would have done our job extremely well if the customer knows that uh, about Evertel when you make the appointment to install the ONT and from then on the customers interact with us only. It's when they interact with us and yourselves if there's an issue we know we haven't done a job as an, as, as an ISP correctly because uh, the customer belongs to us and we have to manage the expectations, we have to manage everything around the customer and then we, if you've got issues we raise the issues with, then with uh, yourselves. As, as our role as an FNO, um, you know, kind of we, we see it as, as a, a full-blown support function to you guys as an ISP, making sure that we are at your every beck and call as much as you need to be at, at every other um, customer's beck and call. And I think that's kind of where we really want to lean into a lot more and is giving you guys that, that type of support. But as an FNO, obviously, we're responsible for the actual fiber network and the deployment thereof. So we have to be very 
very uh, sure of ourselves in the sense that we're deploying a network that has longevity, um, has uh, reliability. Um, obviously, these these things hinder you guys as as internet service providers. So that's something that that we as an FNO have taken very serious over the last few years is ensuring that we deploy a network um, that has value. Um, and not just deploy a network where you guys are constantly having to put out fires and, and deal with the backlash um, because the reliance of internet has become so high. You know, people can't afford to be down for even an hour. And and I know you guys get the most or the brunt of, 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 of these complaints. So us as an FNO, you know, our responsibility is to make sure that that uptime of that network is there so that you guys can better support your clients. To unpack this a little bit, it would be great to hear kind of where where you guys see um, you know, gaps and opportunities for us as a fiber network operator to kind of better support you guys as an internet service provider, um, you know, and, and where, where we can make improvements. You know, I'm a firm believer that failure allows us to learn and, and I'm excited to hear what these failures have been so that we can go and uh, close those gaps. But Warren, what, what is your view on, you know, the kind of the space that the ISP owns and, and how can an FNO better support ISPs in, in, in your guys' goals and visions for the, for the months ahead? No, thank you so much. I think from an ISP perspective, um, you know, one of the clear areas that we, we, we look at um, is understanding when a customer contacts us, what went wrong? Like, what, you know, there's, there's, there's only a finite number of potential issues and it's trying to diagnose those as quickly as possible. Um, you know, what we're experiencing a lot and taking it back is on the major side where it involves the FNO is it's quite – it could be related to a physical fiber break or break in the, the physical fiber that connects to that home. Um, and that can happen for a multitude of reasons. We've experienced um, kittens in the study or – you know, in certain scenarios, and I mean, you guys can speak to it as some of your challenges. Joburg Waters back actor taking out an entire network, um, you know, completely shutting you guys down um, for days on end. Um, and I think we also need to unpack, you know, what those impacts have a major, or those incidents have a major impact on the service delivery and what it might take to to actually repair sort of a fiber network that's been taken out by a back actor um, or something that's 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 taken out sort of multiple um, multi of fibers and splicing those together again um, so it's more on the physical where we'd obviously engage with you guys um, or engage with the FNO and then uh, from our perspective you know one of the more serious challenges that we would have is you know if, if it's not hard down is it a speed issue is it a router issue um, is it a Wi-Fi issue? You know, a lot of a lot of our users um, experience a lot of challenges with connecting to the Wi-Fi, um, and that's not necessary. I'll be honest, nine out of ten times not necessarily related to the FNO's network, a break in the fiber, or the router. But a lot of the times, it's the the, the user devices not being able to um, correctly um, connect to the network or not being speed capable. Um, to actually connect um, onto, let's say, a 100 meg fiber line, uh, sometimes the devices or the Wi-Fi cards within those devices aren't 100 meg capable. So you run a speed test and you might not get the speeds that you necessarily um, are paying for. And, you know, in our sense, that's why we always encourage our, our subscribers to, when running a speed test, to always hard cable in 
to your router. So we always recommend that from a Wi-Fi perspective or an internet perspective, cable is number one. Um, you know, Wi-Fi is almost, you know, it's, it, it's a nice to have to roam around your house, you know, browse some social media, but potentially not for time critical functionality where possible hard cable into your um, device, uh, number one. But then, you know, Wi-Fi is also, um, you know, but temperamental. There's all sorts, you know, it's very prone to interference, your microwave, your, um, you know, your, your lighting, obviously the, the thickness of your walls all affect, you know, what sort of speeds and your customer experience on the Wi-Fi. So we wouldn't necessarily, and, uh, you know, there's something that we like to drive home and, and in partnership with, with the FNOs is that, you know, we, we all need to be aware that the, the Wi-Fi is great to have it's but it's not a sort of very good um litmus test or yardstick to determine you know the the performance of your of your internet service that you're receiving so the wi-fi should never be used as the sort of final performance uh determiner of your of your service okay and um tyrant maybe come to you do you do you see there being an opportunity for fnos to be a lot more proactive um, in dealing with with issues, um, you know, kind of trying to forecast things like this. Um, you know, Warren obviously mentioned municipalities trenching up your fiber network once you've you've deployed it um, underground. Um, but do you do you see opportunity still for FNOs to be a lot more proactive in dealing with with issues and customer queries and and things like that? Is there still opportunity for that? Well, yeah. I mean, we do own the customer. So we wouldn't expect the FNO to do anything uh, on, on, on the customer level, but I, I prefer to just focus now just on purely sales, right? So we're fairly new on the uh, Evertel network. We're about uh, seven, eight months down the line. We've had some extremely good months of sales and some maybe not so good months of sales. So I think, you know, from, from a sales slash getting out there perspective, I think we need to be closer into where Evertel is going next in terms of where they're building next. How can we get our sales teams out there soon enough Get those sales and, in, and, and then and then capture that customer. So we've got a few different uh, let's call it um, differentiators. One is one is called InterMLTE. So what it means is if you if you go into an area and you're going to potentially build an area within the next three months, we supply the customer with a router with an InterMLTE SIM card and a dongle, so they can connect while you're still busy building the fiber network out. When the fiber network goes live the intermality cuts out and we're in the fiber network. So that's a way that we, 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 we try and capture the customers while you're still busy building. They don't, have, they don't have to just wait for two or three months for you to finish building. So we, we like to capture those, what, you, what, the, what you call in-progress areas because you're busy building them right now. Uh, and I think what we call the active areas where there's fiber live, I think there's always a lot of activity and then there's nothing. So I think you know from from an, an FNO slash ISP perspective, they've got a bit more a little bit more collaboration to go there, um, up the connection rate. You know, you've invested a lot of money into getting the network there. We've had one activation, one massive activation there, and then we sort of leave the area to, to naturally get sales. Now I don't think that's a very good a good way to get sales. You need you need to come and do a few more reactivations up the connection level because anything under fifty percent, you're not really making that amount of money you should be making, and we're not we, and we're not we we're not, we're I'm not uh, trying to capture the, um, the actual customer base that we should be capturing. So you you see a lot of opportunity in, in more collaborate the mm -hmm. collaborative efforts from a sales and marketing perspective, getting you guys more involved. And and I and I fully agree. I think for for the last few years that I've been in the industry, um, there's there's always been this divide between um, you know FNOs and ISPs in terms of their sales and marketing efforts. And I mean we both go we're chasing the same 
same end users, um, you know, why not do that collaboratively and together? And and I suppose that's it's also a big cost saving exercise as well. You know, our marketing budget attached to your guys' marketing budget and sales budget, you know, gives us a lot more reach and a lot more, uh, you know, firepower to be able to go and clean up these areas. And and I definitely think there's there's opportunity for both. You know the early adopters. Um, you know the guys that are already tech savvy, understand fiber, and, and and you know we can really grab those customers really quickly. But I, I like what you said, where it's, you know, it's got to be long term. It can't just be a, a little burst of of excitement and then it disappears. And I think that's definitely something that we have um, dropped the ball on, and and something that we want to focus on a lot more going into, obviously the fiscal quarters ahead. But yeah, I definitely see a lot more collaboration, and I, I would love to see a lot more. You know, co-branded initiatives and stuff like that. So, definitely agree with you. Um, in terms of the the proactiveness, I, I think just from a from an F and O perspective, um, you know, the one thing that we're trying to do is to be able to enable you guys to be able to pick up on on customer queries a lot quicker as well. Um, obviously, we we monitor social media platforms just like you guys do quite quite closely, and and there's a lot of noise on social media. And and what we're trying to really do is trying to take it off of a social media platform and, and be proactive in the sense that, you know, as soon as a line goes down, and even though it's difficult now with load shedding, you never know whether it's, you know, fiber related or if it's just power related. Um, but, you know, popping that customer uh, uh, an SMS to say, listen, we see your ONT is down, um, is there an issue? You know, and being able to give you guys that information so that, you know, you guys are aware of what's happening on our network. And I think that's also something that we really need to to lean into is, giving you guys view and access of our network and the status of our network and the growth of our network, which is what you mentioned in terms of new areas and stuff like that. Um, I think there's there's a lot more transparency needed and, and yeah, I'm excited about that. I think a lot of transparency comes a lot of collaborative synergy and um, some really cool things. But yeah, Warren, from a, from a sales and marketing perspective, um, you know, what do you, what do you see happening in the industry at the moment from, from an uptake perspective? Um, obviously we're not at that uptake curve that we need to be, but what do you, what do you kind of see in the industry at the moment? Has it slowed down? You know, has load shedding kind of hindered a lot of this? Like what, what are you guys seeing in the market? So I think I'm going to touch or answer that question, but I just wanted to sort of add to your original point in terms of communication. I think communication is key across the board to all of our existing and new subscribers. I mean, um, exactly what you've you've touched on there, the ability to, to communicate to customers or self-service. So where we are investing a lot of time and money is finding ways, you know, if a customer support gives us a call, how do we best support them across various channels, across software platforms, like we have a route this app that automatically self-diagnoses their, um, their Wi-Fi and their router, and they just send us a ticket. So our tech team on the back end can already see, you know, some 80% what's going on, what's going on, what's sort of happening, and help and assist the customer in diagnosing that. So it's those sort of systems. Um, we're looking at sort of better ways to, to chat to our customers, but exactly what you're touching on would be first prize. You know, imagine you're sitting at home or you're at work and your ISP lets you know that your fiber's off before you do. Yeah, exactly. And they're letting you know that, hey, we can see you're off. Um, is your power on? Are you being load shedded? Are, you know, all these things in the customer can say, cool, you know, everything's fine on my side. I'm currently experiencing load shedding. That's the reason that it's off. Or, hey guys, yes, there's a problem here. 
and then we can try and address that. Um, so those are the sort of sort of future collaborative um, engagements that we really want to work on. You know, in terms of moving that sort of customer experience needle, needle a lot further and a lot more forward, and being you know rather us telling the customer like this is what we're seeing um, instead of them sort of on us um, all the time without any answers. So I think between ISPs and FNOs, we the communication is something that we could do hell of, hell of a lot better on and would you know help make our lives a lot easier and in the long run will help drive those sort of sales and that engagement um, because you know moving forward we need to show that customer service and that presence and that ability to serve and service um, but with that we also understand that you know a lot of a lot of users have become sort of a little bit how can I say they're shying away from the fiber service, moving more towards an LTE service that's sort of, you know, sometimes more cost effective, but not necessarily offers quite the service, but they've had, they've been burned, you know, so they, 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 you know, they, they spent, you know, you know, quite significant amounts of money getting a 50 meg link, whereas an LTE router seems to suffice now, even though we all know it's, it's just never going to be quite the same experience and your ability to do things is just never going to quite be there. So we need to bring those customers and those users back and bring those households, whole households back into our fold, um, you know, and, and sort of show them the magic of fiber internet again. Love it. Um, from your side, Tyron, like how has load shedding um, kind of really impacted Vodacom's growth in terms of, you know, on the fiber network operators' networks? Have you seen um, a dip in sales on, on the different FNOs because of load shedding, you know, where providers like us aren't potentially able to keep the network up and running? Um, you know, is Vodacom experiencing issues like that? Obviously, us as an FNO pride ourselves on uptime and we've got redundant links and all those types of things. But with load shedding, it's, it's a different story. Um, you have to power the pops. But like, are you guys seeing a dip in sales because of things like this? Uh, not at all at the moment. Uh, I think we had, in the past uh, month, month of May, we had our best connectivity for the past 13, 14 months, and we had some pretty heavy load shedding. Uh, you know, some of, some of the FNOs go out there with UPSs, uh, and they connect the, the ONT, get it up with the UPS, and if there's load shedding, they just leave. And our routers are pre-configured at the warehouse already. So when we dispatch a router to the customer, it's really just purely plug and play, plug the cable in, the, 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 the LAN cable in, to the ONT, plug the power cable in, and they should be up and running right away. So we've definitely not, not, not seen that yet, no. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's great news. Yeah, so just something that, that Warren mentioned in terms of enabling customers to be able to help themselves. Um, you know, obviously consumers have become a lot more tech savvy and are a lot more aware of, of fiber and its capabilities and how to kind of check for certain things. You know, I'm, I'm at home all the time and when my internet goes down, you know, I think I'm a, a tech by switching it on and off, but it works, right? But a lot of people have, have become very tech savvy in terms of finding their own ways of, of assisting themselves. Have you seen a shift, um, Tyron, uh, maybe first from a Vodacom perspective, perspective uh, from a consumer behavior perspective um, and just like a general like yeah the way that they interact with their fiber um, how they interact with you guys as an ISP have you seen a shift and change in that has have people become more self-reliant um, or are you still seeing a demand for 
for people wanting to speak to a person and and like actively having someone help them through through something? What are you guys seeing in your space? Yeah, we're not seeing that much uh, tech uh, tech savvy uh, customers out there at the moment. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's basically plug and play. If plug and play doesn't work, then they would like to speak to to a person. So we've we've, we've got a call center. It's based out in Cape Town that fields all all the customer calls for in, for any fiber call. It'd be a, a billing issue, a, a fiber link down, whatever it might be. Uh, and then these guys do first call resolution online with a customer. If they can't solve that, log a request, and then the back office team takes care of it. If they can't do it, then we'll send a technician out to the customer's house. Um, but but we do find that there's not. I mean, the 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 tech savvy tech savviness has not increased. Uh, not from a Vodacom perspective. We still we still got customers calling in with, with in sometimes really basic questions. Uh, sometimes they just it's just plug, plugs the OT in the wrong place, you know, for example. So, and that just makes it a bit more difficult to try and diagnose that via via the phone. So we have to dispatch a technician out there physically, assist the customer, get them back up and running again, and then uh, and then leave. And Warren, from your from your side, um, you mentioned Rocknet's obviously busy with a lot of development in terms of enabling customers to be able to help themselves. Um, but have you guys seen that shift um, in your guys' side or do you have kind of a balance between the two where where a lot of customer support queries are actually handled by themselves or do you still have the demand of people phoning in as well like like Tyron's mentioned from Vodacom? So exactly the same as what Tyron's mentioned. Um, we, we have the human interaction on sort of calls, um, chats, um, that's across sort of all social media. So Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger, WhatsApp uh, calls. Um, we, we've gone down the path of looking at various platforms that could help enhance those sort of communications and and that sort of experience. Um, I'll be honest, um, currently from our perspective, we are not trying to avoid bots, but we understand that that human interaction is required. So if, and when we do introduce a bot or bot like service, um, my mission and my goal is to ensure that that process that has that sort of bot functionality adds value. So, um, you know, that doesn't hinder the customer's engagement with us and them getting an answer and them getting any service. It actually, it if whatever sort of system or process we put in place must make their lives easier or make that interaction a lot quicker. And obviously, like with, with fiber being, being viewed as a utility or going in that direction of being viewed as a utility, um, I suppose what we're seeing uh, as a, as a fiber network operator is customers still want that personalized touch, you know, and and I think we also don't want to ever lose that, but we definitely do want to try and aid you guys to be able to, like I said, be proactive and be able to self-help customers and customers do that. So I think as a network operator, we definitely have to make some some improvements and some uh, changes to be a lot more proactive. But you know, do. I suppose the, 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 the tricky part is how do you still keep that personal touch you know when, when dealing with a customer on social media uh, I'm sure you guys get this a lot like a customer will say I don't want to speak to a bot I'm just speaking to a bot right now type of thing how do you how do you still give that personal touch while you know kind of living in this digital online environment because that's where a lot of our interactions happen um, how do you give that personal touch and, and obviously like I'd like to see here from Vodacom because you guys are big entities it's very difficult to kind of go all the way down to a personal level us as an FNO um, not being as big as you guys we kind of are able to do that how do you guys kind of still give that personal element to your guys interactions with customers both on on social platforms and then um, face-to-face interactions I suppose I mean I um, I if it's okay if I start first um, 
if anyone ever you know logs a comment or query on a facebook ad or on a twitter feed um at the moment i'll be honest i'm personally responding to <laughs> so i'm i'm actually the one that's personally responding to that that comment query which you know we then when the engagement goes a bit further we'll go go back into our call center and our help desk um you know we are almost like a one big family at, at Rocketnet and it's one of those scenarios where everyone gets involved everyone knows every sort of major outage query situation um, that the customers are going through we know them by name um, no well not all them by name, but the Most ones that kind of pop up you know frequently, frequently. yeah yes. that happens a lot <laughs> we might know them by name um, so the the famous and the infamous ones um but that's 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 how we take it personally. You know, we if we get a negative review on a site, everyone knows about it. Everyone's trying to address it, um, and that's one thing we never want to lose. And that's why we are trying to step away, or not 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 step away, but shying away before jumping into these automate automated systems and responses. We want to know everyone and every everything that's going on. So try and keep our fingers um, very much involved um, with our subscriber base. Tyron, from your side, obviously Vodacom being a huge brand, um, you know that's very tricky. How do you give that personal touch to every or as many customers as you possibly can? How, how do you guys go about that? Yeah, I think pretty aligned what Warren just said. Now we've got that call center, the fiber call center. Uh, behind that, we, we've also got a social media control center also based down in Cape Town that do all the social media checks. Uh, they will then also call the customers themselves. I mean, it's always, you always got to call the customer. Uh, we've also got a, a path via our group CEO, Shamil Yusup. So he gets messages from all different sources, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, anything. Uh, he gets a message passed on to one of my teams, and we will handle that customer through that escalation. Uh, and you typically find that it's not really an escalation. It's the customer was not communicated to enough. If, if, if the customer gets enough communication, they're quite okay. Yeah. But in this case, well, your fiber link's down, and then four days later, they've heard nothing again. So just making sure that we're keeping the customers updated constantly exactly with what's happening with the installation, with the, with the downtime, with the incorrect billing, and, and then you find the customer becomes a lot happier. But, uh, you know, for a, for a bot to take over that kind of function, especially when the customer vents initially, is extremely difficult. Yeah, you can't really gauge, uh, and a bot is going to be very hard to gauge, like whether this person is like extremely irate or not. So I think we're far away from that. But um, I suppose you guys, as internet service providers, you're on multiple different fiber network operators. How do you, how do you kind of juggle um, between that? Uh, I suppose we've got 48 ISPs on our networks. So we've kind of got the same juggling ourselves. But you know, how do you how do you guys manage that uh, in in the sense that each FNO has its own you know serv service level agreements with you guys? You know, how do you manage customers' ex expectations when you've got multiple networks that you that you on? Um, maybe Warren from yourself with great difficulty. Um, to be honest with you, it is it is very very like i think very hard to to sort of manage um you know each each fno um you've all got sort of different pricing models um different packages different platforms that we that my team must use different um uh sort of escalation processes like you're saying so it's very, very, very difficult from our perspective. You know, even if you if there's a price change or a promotion or all sorts of things, it, it makes it it's quite a challenging sort of juggling um, 
uh, like sort of circus. But what what does help us, I suppose, is is in the sense is because of the majority of your fiber networks cover specific areas makes it a little bit easier for us. So it's not sort of like everyone is everywhere and it's all just one big melting pot of sort of chaos. Um, you know, like the Evotel network is in certain pockets and certain areas which allows us to to focus on those specific areas and, um, you know, t- target those particular users and homes and understand, you know, sort of, where they come from and a, a lot about them individually, but better because it's specific communities um, that that you, the if, the major FNOs are in. Um, that helps, but it is it is a major challenge from our side. But it's you know it's par for the course, um, and that's why from our perspective we've actually sort of wound down how many networks that we work with, and that's why we've chosen sort of specifically FNOs like Evertel, who we believe in, who we work well together with, to remain servicing because there's also a multitude of FNOs out there as well. No, agreed. Um, and from your side, Tyron, what 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 is your take on on that? Yeah, we got about uh, 17 FNOs in our network. Um, uh, I think just as Warren said, you sort of limit them. You don't want everybody to be on there because it becomes a bit of a chaos. Uh, I, I think what, what what aids us is we've got the top six, and Evertel is part of the top six uh, of our of, of our fiber network operators. And we make sure that from a, from so from my perspective, I play in the space of service delivery, make sure we're getting customers installed, and the one group does the the CEO escalations. So I think the good thing about that of having a top six that bring in the majority of the orders in the order of ninety five percent of orders is we meet with the top six every single week. So for, from your side. Matthew and the team meet them every single week, go through issues, go through trends, and by doing that, at least you understand what's happening. Are you holding something wrong in the order process? Are there, are there some challenges with delivery? So I think by, by, by having that, that, that hands-on the whole time, uh, um, you know, I think brings us much closer to the fiber network operator and, uh, and assists us to give feedback to our customers as well. What is your guys' take on, on overbuild? So obviously Evotel's built in, in certain certain towns, but there are scenarios where multiple FNOs overbuild each other. I think that's where it becomes quite tricky because if you an ISP on both FNOs, how do you kind of like separate yourself from both? And, and also when you're presenting to a customer, you know, how do you kind of like go about that? Have you guys seen overbuilt as, as a challenge from an ISP perspective? Obviously from a fiber network perspective, it's a huge challenge for us, but uh, from an ISP perspective, what is your guys take on, on overbuilt and the current state of it in, in, in the fiber space? It makes it very difficult. It is a challenge. Um, it's it's not that we we you know we we are very sort of FNO agnostic. We don't favor one over the other. I think there's nuances and differences, and you know we the ones that we do work with we work with because we we want to, and and we really believe in them and their customer support um, because you know there's others out there where unfortunately they'll do. There's a lot of reputational brand damage. You know, the the network's always down. Um, it ends up costing you and your support team money just trying to maintain the relationships you have on that network. So you don't want to get involved because then you have people on your social media, you know, swearing at you and your brand and how terrible you are. Um, you know, sometimes on my ads, I've got and I'm advertising a package on an FNO. There's someone who's not even on a subscriber of mine swearing that FNO because of that experience. And I'm like, I have got nothing to do with that. <laughs> like it wasn't me. <laughs> um, and those are the sort of FNOs we, we try and shy away from. But it is very difficult. And in that scenario, we can just, you know, provide the subscriber with the options. Um, 
you know, and they can sort of make that decision themselves. You know, this is the price. This is what we got. Um, it's up to you to decide at the end of the day. Yeah, look, I, th- I think the overall issue is, is, is a massive issue. Uh, I don't think uh, that FNOs deliberately want to go and overbuild each other because it's costing you it's costing you as well as the other FNO a lot of money to put fibre down in the ground. Uh, but it comes down to customer choice. You know, customer choice is now based on price. So typically a customer will pick the cheapest 50-50 packages they can get. Uh, even if the next one is 50 rand more and it's EVATAR, they might not take that because they, they're very price sensitive. Um, so I think that, that drives the customer behavior. For us, we don't favor anybody. Uh, customer goes on the Vodacom website and they get to choose there and uh, they decide which, which FNA they want to go for. And uh, then they just select their, their, their speed and they uh, submit the application. You mentioned that customers are very price sensitive. Have you seen a, a big shift in you know, customers that were you know, a year ago willing to pay a little bit more, but um, you know, they were confident that they were going to get the service for that, that extra bit that they were paying? Has that shifted quite substantially over the last year where now people are just after the cheapest deal? Um, and, and do you see a lot of customers coming back um, you know, after they've taken another alternative technology service or another FNO service? Do you see them then coming back if that FNO potentially doesn't deliver from a service perspective? Are you seeing customers actually return and willing to pay a little bit more after they've experienced bad, bad service? Yeah, look, I, I think if you look at, the pre, at uh, pre-COVID, then it was just, you know, fiber at all costs. The price didn't make a difference then. And then when, when, when COVID really hit, it was just, give me just fibers of my house. I don't care what I'm going to pay for it. Uh, and, make, and make sure the fiber's up. So I think the expectation now has changed from service will always be there. If service is down, it's a big deal. Uh, Pre-COVID, it wasn't such a big deal. But when people were working from home, uh, studying from home, doing school from home, it became a massive, massive deal. So I think that, that raised the entire industry service levels tremendously. Uh, now it's purely, it's, purely, it's purely based on price. Uh, and what we're also finding now is uh, the price challenges coming in where FNOs are now raising the entry-level uh, speed. Okay. And the price gets raised as well. So the, the customer is getting a better, a better speed for a bit more pricing, but do they want the better speed? Not necessarily. So we, we, we are finding challenges in, in that department. Um, Warren, from your side, um, Tyron mentioned, you know, these low barrier to entry products and, and ISP, uh, ISP, sorry, fiber network operators wanting to kind of like start their, their base level products at like call it a 25 or 30 or some, IS, uh, some FNOs at like 50 megs. Um, what is your take on a, a low barrier to entry product? Is there... There's obviously still a need for it. Um, what is your take on it? Absolutely, definitely agree that we need to have a lower barrier to entry price. Our sort of top three, literally in that order of reasons for anyone that would leave Rocket as an ISP are immigration. Sure. Moving home. So someone that's moving to somewhere where there isn't a uh, fiber network yeah. and affordability. Those are the three main reasons. Top three. Um, hands down, uh, that's it. So, I mean, obviously, that's where our focus is, is sort of um, on the affordability. Um, you know, I'll put my hand up that, you know, Rocketnet has never been necessarily the, the cheapest um, or will probably never be the cheapest because there's a lot of the, um, sort of ISPs out there that, that do go really low. But service is still very important. So we still try and marry affordability and service. Um, but we have to also keep in mind that from that affordability perspective, that lower sort of barrier to entry package is necessary is necessary in our game because we are competing against the likes of an LTE, 
service. You know, there is an entire um, household that will, you know, try and share 10 terabit data sim just to make it through, um, you know, for church services and streaming. And it, it, it it's, you know, they're kind of getting through and it, it's it's sort of working, um, but it's, it's all they can afford at the moment. So I, I do understand and appreciate the sort of 50 megs and 100 meg but as I touched on earlier, sort of looking at our Wi-Fi and our devices, our devices are not all of them are capable of those sorts of speeds. At uh, Vodacom Fiber, you know, our, our, our mission is to own the home. Um, so I'll differ slightly from you, uh, Warren, if you don't mind. Uh, but uh, we, we started a massive proof of concept to do Wi-Fi throughout the entire house. Now, uh, you know, you can go right now to any, to any shop and you can, buy, you can buy extenders, range extenders, which work just don't actually work as well. You can go buy a mesh network, but when you put it down, as Warren said, depending upon how, how big your house is, uh, how many floors you've got in there, you do tend to lose a lot of speed up to the beacon. So we've started a massive POC now or proof of concept where we're actually cabling up those beacons so that wherever you are in your in, in, in your premises, you get the full speed that you get as though you were next to the router as well. So it's been fairly successful up to now, looking for a commercial launch later on in this year, just to make sure that we can then own the customer's entire house. So when the customer calls in and says, I've got a Wi-Fi problem, we can identify which extender is given the problem, and we can assist them to get it back up again. Whereas right now, if a, if a customer calls and says, I've got a Wi-Fi problem, we just got to say, Plug the land cable in, let's see what you got. Okay, so it's a different problem. And, and, and I don't think customers necessarily understand that, that, that the router just covers a certain area. So uh, we, we have targeted quite a few customers. Very, it's been very, uh, very, uh, very successful, hoping to end the POC by the end of uh, July. And then we'll be able to do a, a genuine massive uh, launch where we go to the customer's house and do a complete installation of all the Wi-Fi beacons, up to four beacons. And for, for that, you can do two, a two- or a three-story house and it's full, full Wi-Fi coverage. From a Rocketnet perspective, our, our main focus always remains on the, the customer service. Um, we always want to ensure and try and develop new ways and better ways to, to deal with our customers, engage with our customers, um, meet them with places. But also, um, you know, no offense to, to any of the infinos out there, fight for our customers as well. You know, we, we are always looking at ways to um, engage with the FNOs um, to try and get them to think a little bit more um, about what's happening on the ground. Like we just mentioned, the, the, the sort of larger packages, um, higher entry level packages. One of the things we are, we are also very passionate about uh, from a Rocketnet perspective is, um, you know, pushing the FNOs to look at um, pricing for pensioners. It's something that's very, very close to our heart. Um, the reason being is, again, that the affordability uh, question, you know, a lot of the pension, uh, pensioners out there, apologies, just have their grants. They don't have the additional earning potentials like most people do. And also looking at the fact that a lot of the pensioners are raising their grandchildren. So we're looking at sort of the, the future um, sort of educational um, prospects that are out there, um, you know, getting the connectivity to the kids um, that are out there, and, you know, supporting the government sort of 2024 broadband rollout. Um, so we're quite passionate and, you know, we're going to keep sort of harping on and pushing that question, you know, particularly related to uh, related to pensioners and seeing what we can do, you know, to assist those households. From a fiber network perspective and, and from an EvoTel perspective, I think where we where we really want to lean into is how do we build more value within the communities that we've built in and how do we bring the ISPs um, like yourselves along that journey with us? Um, yeah, so a big, a big focus for us is, has always been how do we turn 
fiber and connectivity into our lifestyle. And, and I think that's, that's something that I'm really passionate about right now and the team behind me is really passionate about. So I think a lot of our focus is gonna be on around overall customer experience and, and, um, and obviously a lot of that falls on your guys' shoulders. So, so working in, in, in tangent, ta- tandem, in tandem with you guys and, and really understanding customers' needs a lot more. I think like you like you said, Tyron, you know, the industry has shifted so many times um, and it's you guys that have your ears on the ground all the time and us as FNOs need to listen a lot more. Um, so I think where, where we really see us moving in the next few months is how do we, how do we turn this into a lifestyle brand in, in partnership with you guys? How do we take, you know, fiber connectivity as being viewed as just internet and I can go on YouTube and I can go on social media to how do I take this internet and actually build a life and how do I make an additional income and things like that and I think that's where you guys as internet service providers will add a lot of value to us as an ISP you know you mentioned owning the home you know that's that's something we would love you know to really see come to light on our network you know really building proper smart cities and we've always spoken about smart cities and cameras and all these types of things but i think there's a lot more uh, a lot more layers that we want to add onto that in terms of smart metering and you know solar lights and stuff like that and 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 there's there's a lot of things that we can do with this technology and i think that's where we want to really lean into going forward no, absolutely, and let's uh, let's hopefully work together on that um, proactive <laughs> proactive support. Yeah, give you guys less less grey yeah. hairs, I suppose. Cool, but uh, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Warren and Tyron, for joining us. It was really insightful, and, and I look forward to having more of these conversations with you guys going forward. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity, and, and that's exciting. And I think there's there's a lot of disruption and change that we can that we can bring to the industry, and I'm excited about that. So thank you for joining us and sharing your insights. I look forward to to more of these conversations going forward. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or visit www.evotel.co.za.